The NAACP issues a travel warning against the state of Florida. Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch offers great comments on the erosion of civil liberties. Plus, Joe Biden struggles on the debt limit negotiations. All that and more. I'm Bobby Everly. This is a 13-minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the NAACP and the ongoing push from the left to stoke racial division in this country. It's like the left has no argument whatsoever on any issue. They can't debate. They know the American people won't support their programs if actual details are provided. So they mask their intentions through buzzwords like diversity, equity, and inclusion. And at the same time, they attack their opponents as being racist or homophobic or transphobic or whatever popular new phobia they come up with. Case in point is the new travel advisory issued by the NAACP. That's right. You know how the State Department issues travel warnings when going to particular countries? Well, the NAACP is now doing it. But the group's focus is the state of Florida. The NAACP has issued a travel warning for Florida, calling the policies of Governor Ron DeSantis hostile to minority communities. As CBS 2's Naveen Dhaliwal reports, it comes just days before Governor DeSantis is expected to announce his run for president. How convenient. DeSantis is preparing to announce for president, and all of a sudden, the NAACP says, hey, let's say that the entire state is racist, so we can earn some cheap political points. Here's more details. A warning for those traveling to the Sunshine State ahead of Memorial Day weekend after the Governor Ron DeSantis' policies clashed with the NAACP. DEI more appropriately stands for discrimination, exclusion, and indoctrination, and that has no place in our public institutions. It's words like these that are causing an uproar, and now the governor's actions, the NAACP says, only means Florida has become, quote, hostile to black Americans and is in direct conflict with the democratic ideals that our union was founded upon. What a joke. Democratic ideals does not mean promoting racism and excluding one group from another based on race. In fact, that's the exact opposite of a democratic ideal. But when the left gets caught actually promoting racism and division, their very first response is to call the other side racist. It's just so predictable. And by the way, DeSantis's description of DEI is so much more accurate than the so-called diversity, equity, and inclusion. It truly is discrimination, exclusion, and indoctrination. Just last week, Fort Myers High School students walked out of class in protest of the governor's plans to eliminate diversity programs. Now the NAACP is fighting back after Governor DeSantis rejected access to AP African American studies in colleges. Being able to learn history is so important so that we don't repeat it. And this is where, as concerned citizens, we need to do all of our homework. And we need to be able to cut through the left-wing talking points and get to the facts. Florida is not getting rid of black history. What it is doing is making sure that classes actually teach history and not the woke critical race theory garbage that we are being seen being pushed at every grade level. If they are going to be taxpayer funded schools, if those are going to exist, then those schools need to be focused on education and producing good citizens who actually love America rather than creating future left-wing activists who seek to divide and disrupt. In this case, 
The NAACP is trying to score political points with their bogus travel warning. If they truly cared about the well-being of travelers, perhaps issue advisories to those heading to Democrat-run cities like Chicago, Detroit, San Francisco, and Oakland. That might be more helpful. All right, next let's talk about Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch, who had some outstanding comments recently about civil liberties and our freedoms in the wake of COVID-19. As you know, Title 42 recently expired, which was the Trump-era policy to quickly expel migrants for health reasons during the pandemic. Now, Title 42 is gone, and the Supreme Court late last week formally withdrew a case that seeks to preserve the immigration policy. In doing so, the court issued a statement, but Justice Gorsuch also used this opportunity to comment on the larger issues of security versus freedom. Gorsuch wrote that since March 2020, Americans have experienced the greatest intrusion on civil liberties in the peacetime history of the country. May have done that? I think there's no doubt about it. Gorsuch recalled the emergency powers that officials employed in what Gorsuch described as breathtaking scale. Businesses and schools were closed down. Churches were closed, but casinos and other favored businesses were allowed to stay open. And Gorsuch rightfully notes that the penalties for noncompliance were severe. Not just civil penalties, but criminal sanctions as well. And that was just the start of the Supreme Court Justice's comments. Gorsuch reminded readers that church parking lots were surveilled, license plate numbers were recorded, and attendance was tracked. It sounds Orwellian when you think about it. Gorsuch noted that federal officials deployed a public health agency to regulate landlord-tenant relations nationwide. They used a workplace safety agency to issue a vaccine mandate for most working Americans. And of course, then came the firings and discharges for Americans who said no. Just think about it, friends. A vaccine that didn't stop you from getting COVID or spreading COVID was mandated. You would be fired if you didn't take it. You'll be kicked out of the military if you don't take it. The government pushed and continues to push for children to take it, and there is no reason at all for kids to receive the COVID vaccine. None. We cannot let this happen again. Gorsuch notes one lesson that we can learn from this. Fear and the desire for safety are powerful forces. They can lead to a clamor for action, almost any action, as long as someone does something to address a perceived threat. The problem we face is that dissenting opinion, in this case, the opinion based on science and data and freedom and the Constitution, was literally outlawed. You couldn't post these comments, you couldn't share them, and you couldn't report on them. It was criminal what happened, and it shows you that the power can so easily arise to keep American people in line and obedient. This is not how our country was built, and this lesson was, must always be remembered. A nation of freedom and liberty does not suppress its citizens, doesn't lock them down, doesn't shame them or fire them for non-compliance. That sounds like something straight from communist China. Great job by Gorsuch for pointing this out. All right, next let's talk about Joe Biden and the on ongoing negotiations for the debt ceiling. First, just to set the stage, Biden's Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was making the rounds on the Sunday shows and offered up this gem on NBC's Meet the Press. We take pride in 
the credibility of the forecasts that we make. I just had to throw that out there because nothing that the Biden administration says is credible. Remember when illegal border crossings started to skyrocket? The administration said, oh, it's just seasonal. Over two years later, it just keeps getting worse and worse. On the economic side, we were told that inflation, yeah, that's just transient. You're seeing a brief spike, that's all, and then it'll go back down. That wasn't the case at all. And Americans of all income brackets are feeling the effects of inflation. Here's more from Yellen. And it's important for the American people to understand um, we're all concerned about deficits and fiscal responsibility, but uh, deficits can be addressed both through changes in spending mm -hmm. and also through changes in revenue. And the Republicans right. have taken that off the table. That's just laughable. The Democrats don't care about bringing down spending. Hardly anyone in Washington cares about that. They just want more taxes and more spending. However, the man ultimately in charge, Joe Biden, can't even put a coherent sentence together on this issue or any other issue. And there's a lot of other, for example, the idea that we're, uh, in terms of uh, taxes, that they refuse to, for example, we, uh, I was able to balance the budget and pass everything from the, the global warming bill. Anyway, I was able to cut by $1.7 billion in the first two years, the deficit that we uh, were, were accumulating. And uh, because I was able to say to it that the 55 corporations in America that made 40, 400 billion dollars or 40 billion dollars, 400 billion dollars. What is he even saying? I have absolutely no idea. And now the Democrats want Biden to bypass congressional Republicans and just raise the debt ceiling himself. They are citing a clause in the 14th Amendment, which reads the validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion, shall not be questioned. As reported by the Epic Times, this provision was included in the 14th Amendment as a way to ensure that newly reconquered southern states would not question the debts of the United States, particularly debts it picked up in waging the war on the southern state. So, basically what the Democrats are saying is, according to the Constitution, you can't question debts in the U.S. So Biden can just raise the limit himself. This is constitutionally bogus, and no president has ever done this. But that doesn't stop the Democrats from throwing it out there. What we need is for Republicans to stay strong so we can actually start to get the financial state of this country back on track. All right, next, a poll has come out which shows just how out of touch liberal corporate media are from the views of most Americans. The new Harris-Harvard poll covers a variety of topics, but what's really interesting are the comments presented by journalist Glenn Greenwald, who notes that hardly anyone is covering the results of this new poll, and he offers these conclusions. A newly released Harris-Harvard poll conclusively demonstrates how radically out of touch is liberal corporate media with the views of Americans. It's not just that corporate media rejects Americans' views, they don't permit those views to be heard. And that's exactly right. Most Americans don't think like the liberal elites who run legacy media, and yet these media outlets continue to put forward stories that don't report the news, but instead push a narrative that people either have to embrace or not say anything to the contrary. For example, to start, majorities of Americans say it's false that Trump colluded with Russia. 
The Steele dossier is also false. In other words, they view the story the U.S. media aggressively centered for three years as a hoax and a fraud. Yet NBC and CNN won't even air this view. Greenwald goes on to present the polling data on Hunter Biden's laptop, where Americans do not and have not believed that the laptop contents were Russian disinformation. Majorities believe that Hunter is a crook and the FBI is not investigating. Large majorities are worried about the weaponization of government to manipulate U.S. politics and that sweeping reform is needed. Greenwald wraps up his Twitter thread with this. What's so striking here isn't that the corporate media relentlessly advocates views and ideologies that majorities of Americans, often large majorities, reject. It's that the views held by majorities are all but banned on NBC, CNN, New York Times, and Washington Post. Thus, this is not a mystery. And then he shows a graph of trust in news hitting a historic low. Great observations. And I appreciate Greenwald actually diving into the poll results. Liberal media will ex ignore any story that doesn't fit the narrative, like it doesn't even exist. And when the left tries to silence us, we must be that unstoppable, resounding voice. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.